0: I'm pleased to introduce uh, a good friend here in our congregation. I don't remember exactly how Ralph uh, Calden, and I met, but I am so grateful to the Lord. Every week when I pray for Ralph, I thank the Lord for sending him and, ye- and a few years later his wife Valerie into my life personally and into the life of our church. Um, he met Pastor Seahawk from Cambodia. I only just met him. We've partnered together in a small way for years. Uh, But Ralph and his wife, Valerie, and other members of our church have been to Cambodia and put some sweat equity and some love equity into the good work that God's doing there. So I'm going to ask you to welcome our friend and brother, Ralph Calden, while he introduces Pastor Seahawk.
1: Good morning. Uh, As Pastor Bruce said, uh, my name is Ralph, and I've been lucky enough for the last uh, five, six years to head up most of the international mission trips, and I've been honored to uh, go on most of those trips. Uh, The last five years, we've been to uh, Cambodia on a regular basis, and we met up with uh, Seahawk and just the great work that he's doing there. And... I tell you there's so much to gain from a trip on a mission trip not only there's a person that's sitting five rows in front of you you've never met before now becomes your friend because you spent a week together you have an opportunity to spread god's word and to see souls saved you get to experience a wonderful culture and the people there and that last part is uh <laughs> sorry i promised myself last night i wouldn't cry today but uh, just humbled to be around someone who's willing to give their life to Christ, uh, to sacrifice everything, and uh, just for him to work with the people who need it the most. And uh, that person is Seahawk, so Pastor Seahawk, I'd like you to come up, share your story, and uh, please welcome to the church, he's doing great things in Cambodia.
2: Good morning, greeting from Cambodia. Uh, when we're from Cambodia, we're greeting, it's like that, so, and it's a great blessing for me again to stand in front of you, church, and thank you very much. The first of all, with all my heart, I would love to say thank you very much for Pastor Bruce, for the leadership, and thank you for Point Church that have a heart for mission. It's a great honor for me and great blessing to stand in your pulpit and in front of you guys, so... I thank the Lord for a great opportunity that God gave it to me for this morning. I will tell you a little bit about my testimony. Uh, But let me tell you, I have one wife and two kids, two sons. And uh, the first time uh, I came in the United States last January 22nd, and then when I arrived in the airport, one of my friends in Atlanta, he Took me from the airport to his home. He brought me to his home, and then close to his home, I, I seen the the door of his house will open up, and I thought there is someone be waiting for me to push the door up. So I said to Brother Jay, the guy that, uh, he took me. I said, Oh Jay, I thank the Lord. There is someone stay inside your home that so kindness to waiting for us open the door, and then Brother Jay, no, I just pushed the bottom of my car. I said, Oh my goodness. <laughs> make me crazy. And the first day after that, he brought me to the Starbucks because I love coffees. And I close the ride in the Starbucks place and then I opened the door of the car and then get out and then Brother Jay said, no, 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 you stay here. I said, no, I need to buy a coffee. I need to get out. So he said, no, we're going to drive through. I said, what the drive through mean? So I don't know. I have no idea for that. So. After that, he, drew to the, he drove his car to close to the post, and then he talked to the post. <laughs> and then I began to think in my mind, I said, what is this guy doing? He's talked to the post. <laughs> is, is something wrong with him? And then after that, the post talked to him back. <laughs> and then I said, wow, my goodness. American make me crazy. <laughs> And then in Atlanta, Brother Jay brought me to, he passed away in in his bank, and then he did not get out from his car also. He just pushed the button in the ATM uh, machine. And then when I go to Texas, one of the pastors, he bought his car, and then he drive through the... ATM card, uh machine also, and then he pushed. I thought that these buses would take some car from the, from the bank. And then I said, and then the bus says, no, it's not a bank. It's for the car wash. I said, oh, <laughs> it, my head is messed up all the time because <laughs> everything here is. it's a very easy. God, it's really blessed, uh, blessed this country very much. And then I would love to say for my friend, my good friend, Brother Ralph, that uh, take care of me very much when I'm here. And thank you for Pastor Bruce also that ho- give me a good hospitality. And then thank you for church that allowed me to speak for this time. I was born in 1977 during the purple rage and Pastor mentioned about that. And then from 1977 up to 1996, I never heard about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ at all. But one day in 1996, I rode a bicycle with my friend going to school. In the middle of the way, my friend, he told me about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in that time, I decided to receive Christ as my personal and Savior. Because I know that's only one God, Jesus, that can forgive my sin. And after two weeks later, my father, he known me that I am a Christian. And he said, son, you stop believing Jesus. Because Jesus is not our God. Jesus is the God for friend, American or European people. That are long nose, sharp nose people like you guys have. The nose very sharp. So this is my father mentioned that. And then I didn't listen to him very much. I keep going to church because I love the Lord. Two and a half months later, my father he put the roof of my house. He repaired because I have some home, and he need me to have. I do have my father in the, in the morning, but the work is not done yet. I need to help him more in the afternoon. But normally, I have a ritual service in the house church in, the, in 2.30 in the afternoon. So after lunch, I began to think, which one is my priority? I need to go to church, or I need to have my father's more? And then after that, I got an idea. I said, God, it should be first. So I went to church. When I came back from church to home, my father, he very angry and angry to me. He told my mom, prepare the thing that I have. And then my father said, you are not my son anymore. Get the thing that you have and then go to live with your God. I kneeled down before my father and said, father, please give me another chance." I begged him many times. I thank the Lord. My father, he pit- still pity on me, but he said, if you stop. If you want to stay in this home more, you stop going to church. But anyway, in my heart, I need the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the Lord very much. So I keep going to church by secretly. Sometimes I miss Sunday because of the situation in our home. I have four brothers and two sisters, and all of them very persecute me a lot. When, when I pray, most of the time my brother came to me and then they hit my head. They said you are crazy you speak alone where is your god because my father put the idol in our home so everybody can can worship to the idol but when i pray to the lord jesus they said to me i i am crazy but anyway i keep praying and praying because we are raised in the buddhist religion my father he's a very strong in buddhist religion because before he got married with my mom, he's a monk of Buddhist, almost 10 years. He served in the Buddhist temple. But anyway, from month to month, because of the will of God, my life was changing. When my father seen that my life was changing, he opened the door a little bit for me for a Christian's life. And then this is the good way for me that i able to read a Bible aloud in my family. But I got a lot of persecution in my home, about two year and a half two and a half year one day my father he asked me about the Lord Jesus he said son come to me and I suppose that my my father will do something wrong with me more because of the Christian's life but of course he asked me about the Lord Jesus and then I told him in that time my father he decided to receive Christ ah he personal and savior and my father said my father said to me son I lost the way for many years, because he realized that Buddhist religion cannot forgive his sin. So only Jesus. So my father got saved, and then after that my mom got saved, my four brothers got saved, and my two sisters got saved. So I praise the Lord, the whole family was been saved. But I am suffer, suffer a lot because of that. But I thank the Lord, I suffer. The good thing, uh, then the bad thing. God is so good for me. And then in 1999, God called me to preach. And then when God called me to preach, I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to be a preacher. I want to be a businessman. Because in that time, I am very busy with doing construction, earn the money. I work with my uncle doing uh, construction houses and doing some business. And I have money in that time. Have good breakfast, good lunch, and good dinner. We call it uh, Cambodian noodle soup all the time in the morning. It's a very good life. (laughs) And very busy. But when God called me, I said, Lord, I am very busy to do the business. I can have the church behind. You know, and then, but uh, the end of 1999, I could not sleep four and five days. I don't know what is the reason. And then I go to the Bible when I could not sleep. Finally, I know that God called me to preach. So the end of 1999, I came to the altar and I surrender my life to be a preacher. I said, Lord, my life, it's not belong to me anymore. It is your whatever you give me, what circumstances that I faced, sinful, no matter what, I will follow you. The end of my life. So 2000, I I uh, enrolled the Bible college. And then when I the Bible college, I need to ride a bicycle from the church to the school about one hour and ten minutes away. Go and box is more than two hours for one day. And then all the time, the food that I, ate, I, I eat is chicken egg and duck egg because it's a cheap food for me to eat in Cambodia. But anyway... I have joy, peace, and real hope in my heart to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Even I don't have much for that. God, it's so good for me. And then I slept on the pulpit. It's not like this is the good, like this one. I, I really, <laughs> I slept in the wood. The pulpit is making by wood and rust wood. After five years, that wood, it's really, really smooth. Because people will say, oh, this This pulpit, it's so smooth. And I said, because of me, I slept on that. I sweat all the time because the temperatures are really high in our country. But anyway, my friend, God is so good to me. I have peace, I have joy, and I have hope to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And then until now, by the grace of God, I have five churches under my leadership. Because my heart is for the lost soul people. My heart for people that need the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in our country, 95% are Buddhists. And most of the people, they never heard about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So please do pray for me and pray for the ministers. And then I will show the with your presentation. Uh, 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 well, uh, after that, after I said. And I just want to tell you one more story. In 1993... Our country got flood, and people were suffering because of lack of food. And there's some organizations, and they give us one organization. They brought us some food, rice, and noodle, to the family. And my father go to that place, and then uh, he also got the rice and noodles, something like that. And this organization, they also give one Bible to one family. And then my father got one. When he brought the Bible to home, he did not use the Bible to, to read, but he used the Bible to smoke. You know, from 1993, before I got saved, 1993 up to 1998, uh, when he saved, he said to me, son, you know what, what I'm saying? I said, because you believe Jesus. But he said to me, no, because I smoke the Bible. And then a lot of verses in me inspire me to know the Lord Jesus. It's, it was, it, it's like a funny story, but God is so good. God is it's so good to, to us. And then my father, he loved the Lord very much. He never was ashamed to share the gospel to the, to the monk or to the people that work in the Buddhist temple. So, and then I got married 2006. And... Right now, I have two sons. When I have one son, I live in the small house. When I have two sons, cannot live in the small house anymore, we move to live outside of the house. It's in the heart. Brother Haraf, you know, in that place, our situation. But my family and I, we commit to the Lord. We make a commitment to the Lord. We say, whatever that God gave us, we need to be follow the Lord Jesus Christ until our life. So we live outside. When the rain is coming, with the wind blowing, And sometimes my wife was crying because my my wife and I could not sleep. We just sit down and then try to looking for something to take care, taking care of my son. But anyway, my life is for the Lord Jesus. And then I said to my families, my family and I will say together, today it is the last day for, for us to serve the Lord Jesus. So for today, we try to do our best as much as we can to please the Lord Jesus Christ. So right now, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they don't understand what I'm doing because they said, you're crazy. Why the situation is like that? But by the grace of God, now God give us a how that we, that's a nice how. It's not a nice how. It's like American how, but it's a nice how in the third world country. So. <laughs> but anyway, if you guys will take a mission trip, please go to Cambodia, and then I will let you stay in a home. And... So that you have experience, what is the house in the third world country to be stay? <laughs> yeah, but uh, now please enjoy the uh, video presentation that tell about the ministries, and then after that I will uh, about the ministry in Damsai, and then after that I tell you a little bit more about the uh, the ministry in Damsai. May God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. And then please, please let me tell you a little bit more so that. Uh, over, five, over four years ago, one of my friends, he told me in this place, he said, Pastor, you want to see the people in the Damsai? I said to my, my member, said, no, I don't want to see the people in the Damsai. He said, why? And then I know when I see people that's really poor, my heart is going to be, you know, it make me sad and tough and headache, something like that. So I said, to, I said to him, I said, I don't want to go. Because it makes me headache. But anyway, after that, I rode a, bicycle, uh, a motorcycle with my members. I said to him, Okay, let's go to take a look for well. And then we arrived in that place. I met one lady, she's about 60 or 65 years old. And I told that lady about the Lord Jesus. I said, That's uh, God love her, God care about her, even she's really poor. And But God, it's the only one God that love her very much and the end of the conversation this lady she asked me sir you said that god loved me why i was born with unlucky like others people have she tried to compare herself to other i am so broke my heart i said to the lord lord this lady she's really poor in this world but if she trusts you she believes on you she will be rich forever and ever in heaven because life on this earth just only a temporary just a short life. So this is the reason that I started the ministries in the dam side. And then by sharing the good news and provide them a medical treatment, give them some food as much as we can. And we also provide their children a education in their place too. So right now, most of the people in the dam side, they really understand. Because the rich people, the government, the Buddhist religion. Never care for these people, but we are Christian. We show love to them. We show care to them. Most of them now, they understand only Christian that show love to them. So now they realize what is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So please keep praying for us and praying for the ministers in the dumb side and praying for all the ministries that, that we have. Because I came here, I have four preachers that I sent them out to the, to the mission work. And they just work for the, the ministry just part-time, Saturday and Sunday. But for my goal, I want these preachers that stay there and serve the Lord full-time service and reach up a lot of people around their village. So please keep praying for them because they need like $250 US a month for living in that in that area so may god bless you and thank you for pastor bruce and thank you for crosspoint church that have a great heart for mission i really appreciate it thank you very much thank you.
0: if i can have five more minutes of your attention i want you to open your bibles in the third letter of john I want to tell you explicitly why we partner, why we befriend, and why we give our attention on a Sunday morning worship services to a man like Pastor Seahawk. Third John, it should be printed on your bulletin as well. Sometimes people idealize the ancient church. We imagine that the first believers in Christ were perfect and mature in their faith, and they weren't. And this little letter from John to a beloved friend of his is proof of that. It speaks of a conflict between two men in one of the first Christian churches. One of them, named Gaius, welcomes itinerant traveling preachers. Seahawk stands in that tradition 2,000 years later. God is still calling the same kinds of people that John here calls strangers, in other words, they were people who had only met. Their only common bond was in Christ. And these strangers were the first missionaries. They had gone out because they, as Seahawk did 2,000 years later, felt a call to leave a comfortable, class, a comfortable middle-class life where he's prospering in the construction industry and preach. And verses 5 through 8 tell us why we, 2,000 years later here at Crosspoint, why we support missionaries. John wrote to his friend, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Why do we support missionaries? The first reason is found in verse 5. When we support men like this, it shows that we're faithful. We're faithful to Jesus and His cause. It takes faith on His side and it takes faith on ours to turn these momentary friendships where we may only be able to see each other for half an hour a year, if that, But our faithfulness is not primarily to each other, it's to the Lord Jesus. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are. Look in verse 6, it says, those missionaries, those strangers, testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. See, when we partner financially with Pastor Seahawk, it does something else too. It shows that we actually love our missionaries. Uh, Pastor Seahawk and I only met a few days ago. Uh, He came to America and, of course, wanted Korean food. What a country, right? (laughs) Cambodian man can come to the United States and we can have Korean food in Long Beach? We really are kind of a crazy country. Why do we do it? Because we, we love him. Ralph's known him for years, we've only just met him, but I'm sure your heart like mine was drawn to his story, drawn to his, his commitment, his conviction, the fact that even in his own nation there are people that nobody wants to, nobody wants to look at, nobody wants to talk to, invisible people who live in dump sites. When you get involved, it shows that you actually do love. And the best part of all is found in verse 8. It says, therefore, we ought to support people like this. Here's where the rubber meets the road for those who won't go to the dump site. My wife has been there. I haven't. I don't know if I'll ever go. But see, here's, here's how it works. Locally, we tell people about Jesus. Globally, we send people where we cannot go. And when we meet someone like this, Scripture's really clear, we ought to support people like these. Here's why, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. It really does take a partnership. When I hear of a Bible college that needs to erect 13 columns at a cost of $1,800 each, let me just put that in perspective for you. After many years of needing a bathroom, this church is finally going to build one our permits will cost more than those columns. That's amazing. The fact that I eat more, I spend more money on an average meal than a family will see in a week or two weeks, perhaps sometimes in a month, depending on where I eat. It's not the physical poverty, though, that is most compelling. It's the fact that people have no better hope, no view of eternity, No concept of the fact that God loves them. See, it says in this passage that these strangers went out accepting nothing from the Gentiles. They went out for the love of the name of Jesus. The government won't do it. The Buddhist monks won't do it. It depends upon Christians to do what Christians have always done. The very concept of an orphanage is a Christian concept because it was in... It was in the ancient Roman Empire that Christians first started. Just after Jesus rose from the dead, they started scouring the trash because they knew in that savage culture, children that were unwanted or deformed or not expected would simply be discarded. We stand in that tradition and we ought to partner with men like this so that we can have a real share. You may never go there, but you can be a partner. You can help give a child hope. You can help someone who has grown up thinking that no one loves them, that God is distant and has to be appeased with offerings and sacrifices, and by speaking to an idol, you can help them know of a greater God, a real God who can save their souls and give them hope on earth and a home in heaven. That's why we do it. Bottom line, church, the difference between concern and commitment is personal investment. I can say that I'm concerned about a great number of things, but what makes the difference is when I invest, when it costs me, when I rearrange my priorities and I actually do something tangible, physical, real that will help. We live in an age of hashtag activism. I don't know if you're aware of this. We've created a culture where people think putting a hashtag on a social media post shows awareness and concern and love. At the bare minimum, what it can do is raise awareness of an issue, but nothing changes until people invest what costs them, until they give of their time, until they reorder their lives and their calendars, until they look at their budget and they ask themselves serious, hard questions. What can I do? What can I change so that I can partner with men like this? This scripture says that we should send such people on in a manner worthy of God. We will. Because of what you've already given to our mission fund, we're going to send him away from here with a generous offering. Thank you for that. We're going to do more than that. We're going to come alongside this ministry in a fresh, focused, and more generous way to help these children, to help these preachers because they've gone out for the sake of the same name that we sing about on the weekends, the sake and the name of the Lord Jesus. Will you pray with me, please? Father, what an an extraordinary Sunday, and even this simple video, I can't conceive of how hard that was to make, where my brother and his family live. I pray that you would give comfort to his wife and children separated from him for two months now. Help our church and the few churches he'll visit on this stateside tour to read your word, take it seriously, make it real and practical, and help us, God. Because we love you, and because we love him, be genuine, actual partners for the truth. Help us not to be indifferent. Lord, I have a long established habit because of the way I was raised that this is the sort of thing that Christians do, and that comes natural, but I pray that you wouldn't let me be satisfied or apathetic in well-established habits, but that you'd deal with my family and with me individually in a fresh way so that we can be partners for the truth. This offering that we give now, Lord, is in your name. It's for your sake to spread this good news to people from this corner all the way over to Cambodia. Bless Seahawk, let him know that we love him, and receive this offering, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.